Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. So we're Galatians 5 um, and 1 to 15. I, um, I was going into St. James's Hospital a while back. I don't know if you know St. James's Hospital, but it's got one of those massive revolving doors on the way in. Um, and uh, I was going in one side. And um, at the same time, coming out through the other side was a man um, and somebody else with him. And this man was literally in chains. So handcuffed together and chained to the guy who was taking him out. I guess the, um, the prison guard. Um, and, you know, there's just a piece of glass between me and, and that person. I don't know anything about that person. I don't know why they were in prison. Um, but I, I suppose just have a think about this for a moment. We say freedom is a great thing, and it is. It is an awesome thing. Um, and our society actually says, well, isn't freedom the greatest thing? But sometimes we recognize that freedom can be dangerous. So let's say that that guy is a vicious criminal. It would have been very dangerous if he was just wandering around that hospital. Or, or you're in the zoo and uh, a lion is, is free. What we've been seeing in Galatians is if you're a Christian, you're set free. Not, not what the world thinks freedom is, you know, free to do what I want. No, we, we know that's slavery to sin, actually. That's not freedom. But free to be who we're meant to be restored to the relationship we were made for with God, God's children. That is freedom. And so, chapter 5 and verse 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Jesus, the Son of God, loved us. He gave himself for us to free us from the penalty and the curse for sin. Jesus has done it all. We don't need to work our way back into God's good books. All we need to do is to rely on Jesus. It's all about just Jesus, isn't it? Just Jesus and nothing else is all we need. And if we've done that, if we're relying on Jesus, we are accepted by God as his children. We're guaranteed eternal life with God. But here's the question. Isn't that freedom dangerous? You know, this kind of freedom that says you're forgiven, your future is guaranteed no matter what you do. Doesn't that mean people will just live how they like? Isn't that like just letting a a vicious criminal free or or, or maybe even more like living in a land that has no law where there's just anarchy, there's no consequences for doing stuff wrong? You know, forgiveness is grace, but don't we, uh, great, but don't we need a little bit of law? Um, Many think that uh, we're on a line like this, okay? And at one side of the line, there is legalism, which says, I must, I must do this. I must live like this. Now, we've been seeing that that is wrong. Um, The other end of the line is license. You know, I can do whatever I want. Whatever I want. Again, don't we know that that is just doing what we want, ignoring God? That is sin. That's wrong. And so what people think is what we need is a a little bit of a balance. How am I going to do this with my left hand? I have no idea. (laughs) So anyway, you need, a, you, know, you need a little bit of law, don't you? Because if you don't have a little bit of law, there's just going to be anarchy. But you also need a little bit of license, because if you don't have a little bit of license, it's going to feel like slavery. And that's what people think, that 
we need to get a balance between these two, legalism and license. Here's the question we're going to think about um, as we come to this passage. This is the the question I think this passage is helping us with. Um, How should a Christian use their freedom? How should we use our freedom? What we're going to see is that both of these are wrong. Both legalism and license are actually disobeying God. Both of them are. And that we shouldn't be on this line at all. It's another way altogether. Um, Here's the first thing we're going to see. Legalism is losing your freedom. Verses 1 to 12. You know, we've been told that... um, Sorry... These guys, these Christians in Galatia, are being told by this this group that have come in, you know, Jesus is great, but if you really want to belong to God's people, well, then you need to live like his people. You need to obey the law that God gave to his people. You need the markers that show that you belong. You need to be circumcised. You need to eat the right things, keep the right days. And we've been seeing that Paul says, if you do that, you're going to lose your freedom and return to slavery. And he says it again here. Chapter 5, verses 1 to 3. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he's required to obey the whole law. Paul is saying you cannot mix Christ and law. You cannot mix them. So a little bit like oil and water, you can't mix oil and water. Or if you go to a posh restaurant and they give you um, oil and balsamic vinegar to dip some bread in, you know the way they don't mix? Well, you can't have both. You can't have Christ and law. Circumcision It's not circumcision itself that is bad. It's just the presenting issue, isn't it? So have a look at verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. It's not circumcision itself. It's what it's being used for. It's being used for justification. When law is used for justification to make us acceptable before God, if it's used for that, if that's what they are doing... If they let themselves be circumcised, verse 2, well, then they've stopped relying on just Jesus. And actually, what Paul says, verse 2, is Christ has no value at all. Because what we need is just Jesus and nothing else. If we have Jesus and anything else, you remember we saw that is nothing. In fact, it's worse than nothing. If they use this circumcision or other rules to justify themselves, they've started relying on obedience to the law. And if they're relying on obedience to the law, what Paul says is, end of verse 3, he's required to obey the whole law. If someone is using law to justify themselves, then they've got to keep the, the law, every part of it, absolutely perfectly, the whole law. And what's happened? Well, they've gone back to slavery. And Paul's saying, you know, what are you doing when Christ has actually done it all? We just need to have faith, verse 5. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. 
and this is absolutely true for us too, that we don't need to perform our way to God. We've been thinking about this. No, it is by faith. It's by relying on Jesus Christ. And if we're doing that, then we have an amazing hope as we eagerly await that day when actually uh, we're not just legally or, or seen by God as perfect and righteous and holy. We will actually be righteous and holy. We await that righteousness. You see, it's not freedom that is dangerous. It's trusting in anything else as well as Jesus that is dangerous. If we're doing that, well, then we're not a Christian. Christ has no value at all if our trust is elsewhere. So if we trust in church attendance or religious upbringing or or spiritual experience, how close we feel, or, or how we're doing morally, or our tick list, quiet times, or whether we're on those service teams, or our Bible knowledge. If we're doing that, we could be in real danger. Now, I just want to sort of pause for a moment, because I've been saying this sort of throughout. Um, you know, there's real danger of losing Christ, and I just want to clarify that a little bit. If we are genuine Christians, then actually we're not doing that deep down in our hearts. You know, deep down in our hearts, we know it is just Jesus. We know that we're relying on just Jesus. We know that it's only by his grace and what God has done for us in him. But even if we are genuine Christians, practically, we can base our relationship on our performance. And when we do that, we lose the joy. We lose the experience of of freedom in Christ. But it may be, it may be that here today there is one or two of you who really haven't trusted in just Jesus. You have lost Christ. You are relying on yourselves. And Paul is just so concerned all the way through this letter that these guys aren't doing that. And again, you hear his concern. Verse 7, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. Someone's cut in on you. Um, in my final year in school, I uh, took up athletics. I'm, I'm still a little baffled why, because I'm allergic to running. When I go running, it brings me out in a hot sweat. And, but, I, but I took up athletics probably as sort of a distraction from the leaving cert um, and actually ended up running in the 800-meter final in the Leinster finals. And um, standing on the start line in Santry um, with the sort of group of guys that I was running against, um, and then the gun went, bang, and off we went. And the thing that sort of really shocked me wasn't sort of the speed of the others, although in time I did get utterly left behind, um, but it was just the initial just violence of uh, people as I got jostled and elbowed and pushed. I just was not expecting that. You know, people were just cutting in on me. And, well, Paul says to these Galatians, you've started really well as you've run the Christian race. But then you've been elbowed in the ribs. Someone has cut in on you. And the thing is, you haven't even noticed. And the danger for them is actually that now they're just running completely the wrong way. That if they add a bit of law, if they do legalism... Actually, they are disobeying the truth. 
the truth that they need just Jesus. They are rejecting the gospel. And so Paul says, verse 9, if we let this in, it could affect the whole church. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. But, but Paul is confident for these guys. He's confident they're going to get back on track. Verse 10, I'm confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever they be, will have to pay the penalty. And just if there is one or two of you today and you are concerned, you're not confident, you, you think maybe I have lost the way, maybe I'm not on track, maybe I've never been on track. Well, the Bible is clear. If we are genuine Christians, we cannot lose our salvation. But it is possible to look like a Christian. Maybe, you know, if you, if you read the parable of the sower when, when Jesus talks about that and, you know, the, the, the seed is sown and yet only one or maybe two of those soils produce um, lasting fruit. And yet some of the others... Look like they do initially. It's possible to look like a Christian, you know, to say a prayer of commitment, to be involved in church, but to never actually rely on just Jesus. And if you're concerned, what is the test? What do you need to do? Well, are you hearing God's voice through Paul now? As he says to us, get on back on track, rely on just Jesus, don't rely on those things. If, you, if you're hearing that and you're longing to do that, and that is what you are doing deep down in your heart then you'll keep doing that for the rest of your days. You are a genuine Christian. If you're not sure, then, then just don't leave here today without having a conversation with someone. This is just too important. Legalism is losing your freedom. So do we need a little legalism? Legalism is so serious that actually Paul will not move on this. I wish the Irish defense line in the, in the, the match yesterday um, was a little bit tighter um, and they hadn't moved so far at times. Um, Paul will not move. He gets a beating, and he gets back up again. Have a look at verse 11. Brothers and sisters, if I'm still preaching uh, circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. He's preaching the cross. He's not preaching circumcision. He wouldn't get in trouble for that. But he's willing to take the persecution and the blows. Because this is too important. And he says, only the cross saves. And he wishes actually these false teachers would go the whole way and castrate themselves. So verse 12, as for those agitators, I wish they'd go the whole way and emasculate themselves. There you go. How then should we use our freedom? If it's not by adding a little bit of law, what does that mean? How, how, do, we, how, do, what, how, how do we live? Do, do we live how we like? As I, I know you guys, you, you run a, a sort of course in, in, in church life for those who are investigating Christianity or want to sort of understand what it's all about. We do this in Grosvenor as well. And one of the questions that I love when they ask, and I know they've understood grace, that, that God's forgiveness is free and fully achieved by Jesus, is when they ask this question, you know, doesn't that mean I can live how I like? Um, it's a brilliant question. And yet they've not understood what they are saved from and for if they ask that question because legalism might be losing your freedom but license is abusing your freedom 
Monopoly has made a bit of a revival in our household in the last um, while, and uh, I don't know what you think about that. You probably think, goodness me, you know, what is this pastor doing teaching his kids about sort of, you know, massive mortgages and sort of rent increases and trying to make other people bankrupt and stuff like that. Um, If you know Monopoly, you'll know that one of the cards you get in Monopoly is the Get Out of Jail free card. And if you land up in jail, you just play, play the card and you get out immediately. And, well, you know, is that what Christianity is like? You know, you can just go crazy. So you can drink as much as you like. You you can marry who you like. You can buy whatever you like. You can watch whatever you like. You can sleep with whoever you like. And then you just play the Christianity card. Let me tell you about a guy. I'm going to call him Jack for the sake of anonymity. Because Jack lived a bit like this. Um, He's been a believer since he was about a teen since he was in his teens, he, he grew up sort of very sheltered upbringing. And then when he uh, moved on to college, um, he just found the transition um, into college life hard. And then actually beyond college into working life even harder. And he just found that, well, when the lads were going out after work, he just went out and got drunk with the lads. When there were opportunities to sleep with this girl or that girl, he just slept with them. Now, while that was going on, he knew it wasn't right. And yet he thought, well, isn't Jesus meant to forgive me? Isn't that what Christianity is about? Can I just play a get out of jail free card? Have a look at verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. If legalism is disobedience, well, so is license, isn't it? Actually, it's crazy for us to just do what we want. We're saved from the consequences of just doing what we want, of ignoring God. We're saved from the slavery of sinful desires, from indulging the flesh. Do we need a little bit of license? No, we really don't. In fact, this line... Just shouldn't be there at all. There is, there should be no line for the Christian. So then, how do you help someone like Jack? If it, if license isn't okay, he can't live how he likes. And yet, saying to him, "Do better, do a bit of law," isn't okay. What does Jack need? Well, what he needs is to see Jesus again. You see, if we know a Jack, what we want to say to Jack is, "Look at Jesus." You see, Jesus saw you. He saw you in your lostness, in your sinfulness. He saw you when you treated him, Jesus, treated you, Jesus, as a nobody. Jesus saw Jack living in his world and rejecting Jesus. A rejection that was going to lead him to death and hell. But Jack, look at Christ. He is the one who loved you. This son of God. He has set you free. How has he done it? Well, this son of God was free to do whatever he wanted, and yet he used his freedom to serve. He became a man. He gave up his freedom. He was captured. He was stripped. He was beaten, and he was killed. That is how you're set free from sin. He has loved you, Jack. And actually, as Jack hears that, it helps Jack. 
Because a genuine believer, as they see Jesus again, they love Jesus more. And then they want to do what pleases Jesus. And they don't want to indulge their sinful nature. So how should we use our freedom? Well, not legalism, not license, but love. So number three, love, using your freedom. Have a look at verse six. I'm just back a few verses. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Or verse 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. What makes Christian freedom not dangerous is that we don't use it to, to serve ourselves what we want. How do we use it? Well, by faith in Christ. It's by seeing Jesus' love for us, seeing what he's done for me. He, he's seen me. He's seen what I've thought. He's seen how I've acted. He's seen the way I've tried to hide my sin from others and from him. He's seen it all. And yet he's loved me. He's given himself for me. And when I see the love of Jesus, what it does is it makes me want to love him. And then it makes me want to please him. What we need is not legalism and not license, but love. And actually, if we stick the next one up, let me show you this to you. Give us the next click as well, please. So here is the love of Jesus down to us. As we see that love, it makes us want to love him back. And as we love him, we want to do what pleases him, which means we love others. As we see the love of Jesus down to us, it makes us want to love him back, and then we want to love others. How do we, how do, we do that? How do we please him? How do we love others? We'll have a look at verse 14. For the entire law is fil fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you want to sum up all that pleases God, how we should live, the answer is love. Ask the question, is this loving? Um, although fascinating, how do we know this? It's through the law. Um, isn't the law bad? Shouldn't we be crumpling up the law and throwing it into the bin? Well, do you remember? No, it's not the law itself, actually, that it is wrong. It is the wrong use of the law. So if it is used to try and make us acceptable to God, then the law is of no value at all. That actually just leads to one-upmanship and division and the kind of biting and devouring that's being talked about in verse 15. But if we're a Christian, as we read God's word, as we hear his voice, we see what God is like. As we look at his law, we see the things that God is passionate about. We see what he wants. The law shows us how we can please God, how we can love him back, not to affect our status, but so that we can do the things that he desires. What we need is love, and we need to see how to love God by looking into his word, into his law, to see the things that he loves. Let me give you an example of sort of what this looks like in a sort of everyday situation. So Friday night for me is crash night. You know, I'm just exhausted on a Friday night. And what I want to do is just crash on the sofa and, um, you know, just not really think about anything. Probably watch a bit of Netflix. Um, a while back, Miriam was away on a Friday night. And... Uh, 
I had arranged for um, a friend who I hadn't seen in a while to come round on that Friday night. Now, actually, when it came to Friday night, um, I really didn't feel like seeing him because this is the kind of friend uh, I've known him for years, but but takes a lot of care and sort of energy. It's you know one of those people that that can sometimes be quite draining. And I just thought, you know, I just don't really want to. I don't really want to see him. I don't want to have to expend that energy. I don't want to love him. And um, as is sometimes the case, that week, I was actually working in this passage in Galatians 5. And I know that what God was calling me to do was to love. And as I thought about it, I know that God had helped me to know how to do that, how to be motivated to do that. Because what I'm told is I need to look again at Jesus. And so I did. I I looked at Jesus. In that moment on that Friday night in my exhaustion, I looked at Jesus and looked at the one who had loved me. The one who had expended all his energy for me. And it made me love Jesus more. And it made me want to see my friend. Not just make me feel like, yeah, I had to do it. Yeah, I, I still need to do it. No, it actually made me want to do it. As I looked at Jesus. How, if we're Christians, are we using our freedom? Will we use our freedom to love? That might mean in a relationship that we make that relationship not about getting our desires fulfilled, but how we can love and serve the other. Make time for them. Listen to them. It might mean in college. How do we use our freedom? Not, not for ourselves, not just to, to play all the time, but, but to get involved, to help, to be a witness. What about our giving, our, our money? How do we use our freedom in that? We consider how we can use what God has given us to love others, to help those in need. In our neighborhoods, we can use our freedom to live in a way that um, cares for them, That means we have time for them in our church. Do we use our freedom not not just to get our own fill, but to look out for others, to encourage others, to bear others' burdens? Will we use our freedom to love? And if we find it hard, what do we do? Well, we don't apply the law, do we? We don't say, oh, I really must. I've got to do better. No, we look again to the one who has loved us, Jesus. We rely by faith in just Jesus. And what do we find? We find we don't lose our freedom. Now, that's legalism. Nor do we abuse our freedoms. That is license. Actually, what we find is that we want to use our freedom to be the people God wants us to be, to serve the one who has loved us. And that is true freedom. Galatians 5, verse 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Let me pray. Oh, how high and long and wide and deep is the love of Christ. Our great God, we pray that you would fill us with all knowledge in our inner being that we might grasp this love even deeper, that we might wonder again at this grace, at this forgiveness, at this acceptance, at this identity, that this is all free, that we might consider again the cost, 
Consider again the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, that we might use the freedom that you have given us in the way that you want us to, in the way that is best for us, remaking us back into the people we're meant to be, people who know you, who are your children, and who love the things you love. And so we pray that you would um, steal us away from legalism and protect us from license. Instead, move our hearts so deep into a greater love of Jesus and a desire to love him and others, to use our freedom for him and for his glory alone. In his name we pray. Amen.